In the weeks since the coronavirus pandemic has spread around the nation and in San Diego County, some of the first people infected are now able to speak out. Several members of the San Diego County Democratic Party are part of that group and spoke to the Union Tribune about what living with COVID-19 is like. Today is Monday, April 6th. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your coronavirus update, a special episode of your San Diego News Fix. Morgan Cook, you're a watchdog reporter at the Union Tribune. And as this coronavirus pandemic has been ongoing, you were looking into people who've managed to defeat the illness. Why don't you walk us through kind of the journalism of trying to find these people who are willing to speak after battling this disease, which is terrible? Yes, I mean, um, they were both recovering and, you know, on the mend by the time I tried to reach out to them. And uh, so they were also self-quarantined, which made them kind of a captive audience, if you will. <laughs> I was uh, I was able to get in touch with them by text message. Mm-hmm. So these two politicians have been through quite a bit. Can you kind of give us the broad overview of kind of the journey of this disease? Right. I think that that's a question that has been on many people's minds because, you know, there are so... Uh, a relatively small number of people who have been tested and had positive, you know, test results and who have been actually sick. So um, there's been a lot, fair amount of interest, you know, in the public wondering what's it like, you know, what, what, what symptoms are we looking at and how bad was it and all of those things. So, um, you know, I tried to kind of get a feel for that uh, from these, these two politicians. And, um, you know, they started out with sort of the same kind of things like um, not being able to smell and taste as well as they typically are able to, uh, which has kind of been a hallmark sort of of the COVID-19 sickness. Um, And so they noticed that, then they had the dry cough. Um, And, you know, then one of their uh, colleagues, I guess. I mean, they don't work directly with him, but he's in the same political sort of circle. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve Padilla, he's a city councilman in Chula Vista. Um, And he announced that he got sick. And because they had, you know, been in the same sort of political circle after the election, uh, they started having a look at their symptoms and thinking, you know, could this be the virus? Yeah. And just for kind of like a timeline's sake, The primary election was on March 3rd, and it seems that all of these individuals who are all connected to the Democratic Party one way or another got sick about 10 days later, right? Uh, Yes. Around then, it seems that they, you know, these two at least started to notice their first symptoms around that time. Mm -hmm. And then there was kind of this first beginning period in which, you know, they had these flu-like symptoms, and then it got to a certain point in which... It was difficult to breathe. When you describe that, right? So um, they both, you know, they both decided to go to a hospital when they realized that they were having serious trouble breathing, and neither of them had had that type of symptom before, you know, with the flu or colds in the past. And it's, it's, you know, sounded pretty scary, where they suddenly just felt like they're gasping for air, you know, like taking in lungs full of air, but like there was no air in the air, like 
like a fish gasping out of out of water. Um, and so once they started to have that symptom, they rightfully went to a hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's really how this disease kills is that it basically fills up your lungs with liquid and you're unable to get any oxygen. And if you don't get on a ventilator, you're likely to die. That's right. And, you know, luckily, um, Kelvin Barrios, he had a more moderate case. He was able to, you know, be treated for dehydration for about eight hours at the hospital and then sent home, um, you know, to recover. Well, he, he was given the option and he decided to go home, mm-hmm. uh, to recover. Whereas Will, um, Rodriguez Kennedy, he had a, a severe case and he ended up in the emergency room, but he didn't have to be placed on a ventilator. He was able to just uh, to keep his oxygen levels up high enough using just, you know, an oxygen face mask supply. Um, so, but Steve Padilla, their, you know, mutual colleague, uh, he, he was placed on a ventilator and he was in the ICU for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. And our colleague Sam Hodgson interviewed Will Rodriguez Kennedy as part of his COVID diary series. Here's Kennedy explaining what it was like to have to deal with the sudden problem of getting enough oxygen in your body. And there's this like little machine that shows the oxygenation level of your, of, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's your blood, but they put a little thing on your finger and it just, it tracks like how much your oxygenation level was. And it's supposed to be in the 90s. I, I think it's supposed to be at 100 really, uh, but it's supposed to be in the, in the mid to upper 90s. And at some point, the oxygen um, I fell asleep and the uh, cannula, the little thing that the oxygen comes in from, fell off my face. And I woke up like, well, I woke up one because everybody was panicking because my oxygenation level dipped, but two, gasping for air because I, the thing had fell and fallen out of my, off my face. And now I was gasping for air. So um, Will Rodriguez Kennedy, you know, he's a Marine veteran. And so as part of his training when he was in the Marines, they taught them how to, you know, remain calm and focused under pressure, you know, in dangerous situations. And so, you know, he was able to employ some of those techniques uh, when he was, you know, realized that he he could be infected with the virus when he started having these scary breathing problems. But even he, when he woke up in the uh, in the ICU and his oxygen mask had slipped off his face during his sleep, he just woke up gasping. He couldn't breathe. You know, he felt like a drowning man. Even the veteran Marine panicked then. It was really scary. Both of them described it as really scary. Yeah, it's probably one of the first time that either of them had, you know, had to look mortality straight in the face. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Will Rodriguez Kennedy got up to in the Marines, so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hazard a guess there, but, you know, certainly from being just ill, you know, with the flu or a cold, neither of them had experienced Mm -hmm. anything like that. So now that both of them are on the men, they're not entirely better, but, you know, they'll be out of quarantine at a certain point, but still will likely practice social isolation as we all should. Um, are there any worry that either of them may have some, you know, long lasting conditions because it is possible that COVID-19 causes some long-term damage, right? Yes. And, you know, certainly, uh, will, um, was given one of the, this little, um, device where you breathe into it and you try to push the ball 
up in a tube past a certain level and it just measures the strength of your lungs, right? Um, and so he was using that to try to, you know, reach a certain, a certain level where he would, you know, have what he was, or what was considered full lung function for him. And, you know, the risk is there that there, you know, is permanent damage to his lungs, but he won't know that, or he at least didn't know that at the time that we spoke. You're still waiting to recover. Yeah. And for people who, you know, recover from this disease, there's likely going to be health implications in the years to come about, you know, this new subset of individuals who survived this disease and will kind of have the scars with it for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we will have to wait and see if there are, you know, permanent, if there's permanent damage for either of those two. But certainly it seems that survivors, you know, in the larger pool of survivors uh, have have had lingering complications. So after talking to individuals about living with this disease and getting better, it, does that change any perspective on this global pandemic for you? Because sometimes in journalism, we get a little too focused on, you know, the statistics, the abstract. It's different when it's an actual person. Did you notice any, like, you know, revelations for yourself as a journalist after that? Um, I think that for me, it it just made it, you know, having human faces, you know, and one of those uh, people who I've, you know, spoken with in the past, um, have come down with this. It sort of br- brought it home for me, you know, it put a human face on it and it made it more, um, more, I guess I wouldn't say real for me, but it made it easier for me to imagine what it is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that that's helpful as we try to show compassion to people who, uh, end up sickened by this virus, um, you know, to understand that there's, you know, being sick is, is scary. It can be serious for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. That's one thing that people, you know, who are healthy, you can often forget what it's like to not have that health and hearing these stories really just bring it back home. It did for me. All right, Morgan Cook, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a humbling experience for sure. Uh, but it's also, you know, I'm in a position to tell people that like, this is very serious and, and we're seeing deaths from people who are younger than me without pre-existing conditions. So like there was this whole thought or not thought, but like you could see like some people from my generation and, and younger, like still doing trips and still going out in the public thinking we can take this, but, but, but this illness can kill us and it can kill almost discriminatingly. And, and if you look at the county's statistics, um, the plurality of cases come from my age group, from 30 to 39. Now, your coronavirus update. San Diego County reported 1,404 confirmed cases of COVID-19. The death toll stands at 19. More than 18,000 tests have been administered countywide. Acting Navy Secretary Thomas Modley defended his decision to fire the captain of the aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt, saying in an address to the ship's crew Monday that the ousted captain was either, quote, too naive or too stupid to be the commander of an aircraft carrier. 
in a profane, meandering 15-minute speech over the public address system, the acting secretary chastised the crew for cheering Captain Brett Crozier on his way out last week, blamed China for the novel coronavirus, and lamented that Crozier's action resulted in negative press coverage and controversy in Washington. Over the weekend, the San Diego Sheriff's Department issued 22 citations for people who were violating public health orders. The ticketing effort, referred to as targeted social distancing enforcement, was conducted between 5 p.m. and midnight Friday in Encinitas, Solana Beach, and Del Mar. California has donated 500 ventilators to the nation's stockpile. California Governor Gavin Newsom said that the ventilators are being lent to the strategic national stockpile on the condition that they will be returned if California needs them. San Diego Unified began distributing some 40,000 Chromebooks on Monday for students to participate in distance learning. It is expected to be the biggest laptop distribution effort in the county. Several other school districts have already distributed smaller numbers of Chromebooks, either at sites or by mail. Inovio Pharmaceuticals has begun a trial of a potential COVID-19 vaccine. 40 healthy volunteers will be tested. Each volunteer will receive two doses of the DNA-based vaccine four weeks apart, with immune response and side effect data expected by the late summer or early fall. A 250-bed federal field hospital will be created inside Palomar Medical Center in North County as San Diego prepares for a surge of people with COVID-19 who might need to be hospitalized. The beds will go on the vacant two top floors of the Escondido Hospital. About 20% of people known to have the virus end up hospitalized, and a little less than half of those need to be sent to the ICU. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want it if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.